Hello and welcome to another episode of Hot Takes. I'm Jack Hall-Jeski, joined tonight by Robert Anderson hey. and Bernadette Gorman. How are you guys Hello. doing tonight? Good. 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 Doing well. We just went to see a movie. We got right in our car after the movie, got right back to this microphone, had a little chat about some other stuff, but not this movie. So now you, the listener, are getting our first impressions on... Three, Three billboards, billboards outside, outside Ebbing, Missouri. Missouri. <laughs> you say Ebbington? Nope. I think you did. I said Ebbing. Sure you did. He said, I said of Ebbing. I said of Ebbing. Uh, yeah. So, okay. Yeah, I did okay. that okay. I will admit to that. That's what happens when you... You admit to... Anyway, I digress. Uh, That'll make sense later. Um, So, yes. So, three billboards outside of... Outside Ebbing, Missouri. I almost did it again. I really think there should be the little... Of... I think then it's too long. I think it's it up. Oh, that's the that's the straw that breaks I the camel's back. I, yeah. What do you think? I think so. When you have those extra it's articles in there, of, yeah, it, it breaks the up the um, okay the phonetics of the sentence. All right. Yeah. Well, what do I know about phonetics of the sentence? I <laughs> mispronounce everything anyway. So yeah. uh, this movie, hmm. What? Okay. You want to set this up, Bernadette? It's a oh. revenge movie of sorts. Yeah. Go mm-hmm. on. Uh, the lead character, Mildred. She lost her daughter to a very vicious crime. Mm -hmm. Tragic crime. Tragic crime. And has been trying to get the police to solve this crime. And she's not seeing any results taking place. So she buys three billboards, puts out a message. Outside Ebbing, Missouri, where they reside. To get the cops to start taking the case more seriously. Mm -hmm. And maybe trying to open it up again to try to find more evidence to hopefully avenge the killing of her daughter. That's very, very brief. Very brief. You want to add anything in there, Robbie? No, I think that like, covers it's it pretty much. Pretty much. It. I mean, you. it takes place in a world where, you know, uh, there's not really right or wrong. There seems to be... It's it's less about, like... Oh, like the world? Like the world. Yes. But the movie, I think, is like less concerned about catching the person or if the cops aren't doing their job. Um, it is more concerned with, like, the people in this town and the people yeah. that live here. And I think that um, we'll get to impressions in just yeah. a second. Well, maybe I'll just start off. The thing that grabbed me more about this movie is it is about the people in this town. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And there are circumstances around these people and the way that they interact with each other is due to these circumstances. But this is a movie about characters and it fucking nails all these characters in ways that... They are, they're all flawed, they're all fucked up in their own ways, but yeah. they are people, and they're very believable as people, and all the performances in this movie are stellar. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, it's coming out in the in the eve of Oscar season, or I guess this is just what Oscar, Oscar season is. I think we're is. in it We're now. in it, yeah, yeah. Right yeah. about, yeah. I agree. And, uh, you know, there's no, you know, the difference between, like, some movies where you, you feel like they're kind of pulling for it, this one's just mm-hmm. like, you just got, it's just really good. Just right. gotta give it to them, it's so good. It wasn't, yeah, made some movies, like, for instance, the new Churchill movie coming out. I'm oh, sure it's yeah. going to be great, but it looks like it was constructed for Oscars. Yeah, sure. Uh, but this one, yeah, no, it's just a stellar film throughout, not trying to win anything. It no. deserves all of the things. Yes. If anything, it is yeah. very much, like, staunch in the face, like the main character in this movie. Like, it very much doesn't give a fuck. It's a very... It's just, it is what it is, and all the... It, the... The sincerity really shines through. Yeah, I was going to say, it's a brutally honest movie. Yes. And, um, you know, maybe not honest in the way it's like, 
you know, us three at this table may agree with a lot of the stances the movie's taking, but um, it's honest from, like, I think an auteur's point of view. Like, I think whoever, you know, not whoever, the writer and director of this movie, I think they they set out to say exactly how they feel about something, and and they didn't pull any punches. And it's something you can really, like, respect in a film like this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And the, the cast is stacked. Oh my goodness. Oh yeah. Super stacked. Everybody in this movie is at least, if not very well regarded as an actor, is super mm-hmm. recognizable. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Francis McDormand as as Mildred, as the main character here. Give her all the Oscars. Yes. This part actually was written for her. I don't know yes, if you guys was. knew that. Oh, yeah. I did not know but that. But this part was, was written with her in mind, and she is perfect mm-hmm. oh, yeah. for this, this part. Oh, yeah. Uh, who else we got? We also have Caleb Landry Jones, who is most Oof. recently in Get Out. Get Out yeah. And yes. also Twin Peaks. And Twin Peaks as well. Weirdly enough. He very much plays that kind of, kind of like greasy weirdo in just about everything he's in. In this, he's yes. less of like a like totally gross. Like He's not a bad guy. He's not a bad one. person. No. But he is like still <clears throat> kind of creepy a little bit. Like he gives off those creepy vibes no matter what. We probably yeah. carry in a little bit of baggage going into this based sure. on his old stuff. But right. uh, he's also very good. His role, more minor, but also very good. Also, yeah. Sam Rockwell, Ooh. who we were just asking earlier this year, where, where is some oh. Sam Rockwell? He he really? has shown some chops in this movie. Like I, I think he's a good actor. I, anything I've he's seen a, him in, dude, he's a he's great, a, he's a great actor. actor. But I just think in in this movie, if you didn't think he was an incredible actor before, now you kind of just have to. Yeah, like, he's amazing in this movie. Yeah, I, yes, I yes. think a, a lot of what lends to the acting in this movie, and we haven't even like we've just barely scratched the surface yeah. of some of the performances in this movie. Um, Woody Harrelson is going to be one I think we're going to talk about a lot. Mm-hmm. But um, yes. the writing of this movie really allows, I think, the actors and actresses to rise up to another level. Yeah. Because, and I think that's it, is all these characters are written in such a way that they're very fully formed human beings. And that, I think, allowed all the actors to kind of just get into that role and really chew on it and and live that role in a way that I think really comes through. Did you guys have a vibe that maybe uh, some of the like the lines of dialogue or some of the moment to moment talkings were maybe like riffed on or improvised? Like, I on set? I would think awesome. so, right? Yeah. yeah, especially coming from because uh, the director the director and writer is Martin McDonough McDonough, McDonough yeah, mm-hmm. and he also directed uh, In Bruges and mm-hmm. Seven In Psychopaths Bruges. In Bruges, sorry, mm-hmm. and Seven Psychopaths, which are I love those movies. I especially have a very big soft spot for Seven Psychopaths, mm-hmm. but those are you know, those movies too. Like they just have a vibe where like everyone like. In the, everyone's reacting they're having fun yeah. you know and I feel like mm-hmm. for a movie that is really dealing with some like dark subject matter like there's so much fun still in the movie yeah mm-hmm. which is something like the the moment to moment like funness is something I really appreciated about the flick mm-hmm. yeah it's it's contrasted the throughout the movie yes it it is very much about very tragic subject matter but and these characters are all suffering in their own way mm-hmm. um some very much so. Really, everybody, I think, carries their own tragedy with them. Yeah. Um, but they're still they're still making jokes. They're still kind of fucking with each other in a way, sometimes in an antagonistic way. Yeah. But they are still finding humor in the very, very bleak scenario that they're in, which I think, yeah, that makes it... it it's not... for It is a, a comedy drama, a dark comedy yeah. drama. 
but for that it never gets so bleak that it's oppressive it makes the movie palatable in a lot of ways which um and i I mean that in the best way too yeah well i think too coming to this film if you are similar to us and watch movies have a love of movies kind of know these actors know the director and writer going into it you are already kind of okay with these actors cracking some jokes because mm-hmm. you know how sure. the writer writes and mm-hmm. how he directs people. I actually so I found know. it believable mm-hmm. and enjoyable and funny. And yeah, I feel like you do kind of need that to make the film a little bit more bearable. Yeah, but you kind of come in with this ex- expectation already yeah. that you know it's going to be kind of funny and it's going to make you uncomfortable. Well, but I yeah, from the trailer, there are great. comedic bits that they put oh, right in. There. I actually had not seen the trailer, and I, I didn't know anything about this movie going. Really, in. really, yeah. really. Oh, I know. I, I I've been doing that with a few movies lately, and I'm actually pretty happy with it. Because uh-huh. I'm watching the film, I'm like, who, who has the fucking balls to make a movie like this? And then yeah. I checked the his IMDb, and I was like, oh, this guy has the balls. Oh mm-hmm. yeah, these balls. Uh-huh. I've recognized these balls in before. fucking Bruges. <laughs> <laughs> Even some psychopaths like pull some punches too. I mean, it's like mm-hmm. a weird, weird meta like revenge story as well Mm -hmm. yeah it's very good yeah and this movie is definitely dealing with the theme of revenge in a way that it really seems to dwell on how your how tragedy can lead you to revenge in a way that affects others whether you realize it or not and it dwells on the impacts that your revenge can have on others yeah whether you're conscious of it or not Mm -hmm. and i think that was the mo- it, it it spends so much time in those characters that I think, for me, I got so wrapped up in just these people's lives that it felt less like this is a movie with a super through plotline and oh, a very developing plotline. It's almost agree. a little bit meandering in that way. And mm-hmm. I think the, the southern setting, like the kind of lifestyle that these people live, it mm-hmm. feels you kind of slip into that sort of um, vibe. Like cinema verite, like exactly. Film, yeah, like a day exactly. Life type of yeah, situation. it doesn't. Yeah, it I feels agree. very genuinely human and personable in that way. That it doesn't feel like this drama where things are happening because they need to happen plot wise. It's more like you kind of slip into this is just how these people are living their lives and dealing with the things that happen in their lives. Um, so yeah, I think the pace of it feels a little different in that way. I still think it has. But I think it's enjoyable. Yeah, yeah. I think from like a structural point of view, um, the movie it does have that like in the life of, or just another day in the life of vibe to it. Mm-hmm. But I do think like the pacing's still very good and very structured. Mm-hmm. Um, I think like the points where the film chooses to kind of morally become amb- amb- ambiguous yeah. or have characters maybe switch sides or things like that of that nature when we get into specifics you'll know more what we mean um i definitely want to talk about that switch oh yeah because it's it's we'll talk about it but um i i do think the movie and like you know it's it's structured very well because like those things happen at kind of like the middle point of the movie where Mm -hmm. you have like these really big dynamic changes happening and though i think it, it it speaks to just how well the movie i think is like written and and edited and directed because it does feel it does have time to breathe and like have this maybe meandering, and I mean that in like a good way. Mm-hmm. Um, but it also like still keeps the pacing going and still keeps like the action and like the stones being unturned and kind of like the the movie still moving at a good pace. Yeah, you know? I think that's the point I was trying to get at too. Is it it feels meandering but never boring at the yes, same time. Agreed. Well, McDonough is just so good at writing things that are happening. With intention, 
Yeah. And then things that happen by circumstance. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All of his films are circumstantial. Weird things start happening that couldn't have happened, maybe. Or if someone would have been in a different place at a different time, yeah. things could have gone completely in an opposite direction. That's yeah. really and his point. way of writing is so believable to see all of these things kind of unfold just by pure happenstance. He sells the characters. Which is awesome. Like the character, the, the just like characters interacting with each other. Like you, you just love these people. Yeah. You know? I think the characters are believable in the way that when shit happens to them that seems senseless or tragic or just maybe a little bit larger than life, it, it's, it's, it's less like, oh, this is a movie. This is things that are happening to characters in a movie. It's, well, no, these are, these feel like real people and shit happens. Yeah. Right. Know? Right. For sure. Yeah, I mean, we all really liked it. I, yeah, <laughs> yeah, we all just thought I, it was really. I good. think we all probably want to talk specifics, but mm-hmm. I want to I want to hit on some of the other um, actors and actresses Roger. in this yeah. movie because yeah. they are. I think that's the the non spoilery conversation you can have about this movie more than anything is just the individual performances because sure. this is a movie so fundamentally built on its characters. Um, and Woody Harrelson was fantastic. Oh my I goodness. really, really... <laughs> he just doesn't stop good, that's being a good amazing. Movie. He just doesn't he really stop. Does. No, he yeah. will yeah. yeah. He's just incredible all the time. Mm-hmm. And then it's, it's just... It, he's so good. I would have loved more of him. That's all I would... We'll say about that. Mm. We'll say about more about that later, but... <laughs> yeah. And his... it was kind of nice to see him kind of... In a similar role to uh, the first season of True, True Detective, Detective. Uh-huh. to kind of see him revisit that, because I think that's a character that we all really liked right. and enjoyed seeing yeah. him right. in. Which, of course, this is a different character. I'm not saying that he was one note as no, both no. cops, but he is so good at being a cop, I just want him to maybe like be a cop on the side. It's just Woody Harrelson being yeah. a southern cop. Yeah, and it's great. Just he just slides that. right into that cop southern cop role yeah. so well. He plays the, the accent off so well, mm-hmm. that pace of lifestyle off so well, that kind of wisdom that he brings to the role where he is certainly like the more grounded, wise person in the room, Yes, which generally are rooms full of kind of people that are, for different reasons nuts in their own ways Unhinged. Yeah. yeah some characters in the uh, police station are just like these these people are so crazy they're a little over the top <laughs> yeah it's like yeah. This, there's no way this could exist but i'm happy to see a movie where they do mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. yeah yeah i also want to shoot shout out uh lucas hedges absolutely um, he is who, just like on the uprise absolutely i mean after um manchester, manchester by, the by the sea, the sea mm-hmm. yes his fantastic performance in Manchester by the Sea, which did he win the supporting actor for that? He did not. He did not. He got nominated, but he Correct. did not win. Who did win that? I don't remember, uh, but I. Who did win that last year? It wasn't me. You guys were the really ones good. that did all the predictions. I know. I was on my deathbed. I got better. <laughs> I was on my deathbed. You weren't on that episode? No. Nope. He remember? was so sick. Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. You died. Mm hmm. Yes. Back. I considered g- coming out and dying on the radio with you guys, but we would have gotten sick too. I lived, I lived to fight another day. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, Casey too. Affleck won for that, and I know that both didn't win. For that I film. would have rather had yeah, seen Lucas, Lucas Hedges, Hedges win over Casey Affleck. Yeah, but um, yeah. he he reprises his role of the son that is his between his role parents as really good split. supporting actor. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, and he just took a turn in Lady Bird as well. Oh, was he in Lady Bird as well? Mm-hmm. Did you yeah. see Lady Bird? Yes, days? I did. We haven't seen it yet. But, I know. I want, but two thumbs up, one thumb up. Uh, two thumbs way up. Oh, okay. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Sick. Very cool. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get. We'll get there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hopefully definitely. 
Anybody else you want? You guys want to, or anything else? Spoiler for you guys want to touch on? Those were my my especially. Peter Dinklage. Uh, oh yeah! Oh my god! Amazing. That's some good Dinklage. <laughs> He's incredible. And you know, I think some real good Dinklage. I think. <laughs> I think there's been a lack of good Dinklage outside of outside of Game of Thrones. Mm-hmm. I mean, even inside Game of Thrones is maybe arguable how good that Dinklage is anymore, but. He has struggled to find roles in movies that are good at all, I think. Mm-hmm. I mean Yeah. I mean I think he I think he's just going through a phase a lot of like actors on the rise. Yeah. Through, you know? He's he's either super token in movies that he's in yes. or the movies are just bad straight up. This movie the movie's very good, but he's also very token in this movie. He is as token, well. but he's also I think it's written very well. I think that his they, role is small. Yeah. Oh, I did not mean that. <laughs> he did not get a lot of screen time. I'm sure he's okay with the joke. Yeah. I'm well, sure he made a he's joke listening. that's just he's, as good. He's cool with it, yeah. The joke that he makes is just Even as better. Good. We'll get into that. Spoilers. Uh, that wasn't, yeah. No, uh, I, I agree He does not get a lot of screen time, yeah. but the screen time that he gets, I think, is, is very well acted. Yeah, 100%. Definitely was... the best American accent he's given. Loads he's, better than the one he did it. in X-Men. He sells it. Yeah, there was a part in the film where I thought, oh man, is that one scene all we're going to see of him? Yeah. And I was so glad to see a little bit more towards when the he, the When film. he comes back, it's like, he's he's just used very sparingly, but yes. very well in the movie. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I'm sure he, he gets to choose his role. So, like, there is a bit of, like, tokenism for, like, you know, for who he is, but I, he just is so good in the film. Well, I'd be interested, too, to know a little bit more about McDonough. For he writes about in in Bruges. There's also is is dwarf the appropriate term? term uh, That's the term he used himself okay. as the character. But a lot of people I, in this movie use some very whatever. not okay 2017 yeah. terms. But. Yeah, right. uh, I think dwarfism is the, the correct the term, term. But just so we're clear, if we're not right, we're sorry. We are sorry. Yes, we mean the best. Yes, but in Bruges also has a character who's mm-hmm. a dwarf. And so I find that interesting. And he's an actor, I believe, in in Bruges. Yeah. Uh, it's Colin Farrell's love interest. Mm-hmm. She knows him. And so I found that interesting going into this film. I'm like, yeah. oh. Well, it seems like, you know, um, a lot of roles are, are kind of like written for like actors, you know, like we like we right. discussed that the main, yeah, the main protagonist seems... is like that way. But uh, right. I would imagine that there might be like a script written that has like looseness to it or like mm-hmm. some kind of like malleableness to it that when someone gets cast they're like "Ooh, this is fun let's follow the fun let's oh, let's right. do the thing and like let's like you know maybe like change and warp things to kind of make it fit like better tonally mm-hmm. oh absolutely yeah yeah i have a feeling that woody harrelson probably was also in mind for that role yeah i wouldn't be surprised i think sam rockwell too yeah yeah they both i mean they just feel so at home in those characters' skin. Everyone in the movie. That's the thing. Like, everyone in the movie is just like, uh, yep, yep, this is, yep, good. They all do really, all this. They sell the characters <laughs> so well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Max Mom. I feel badly. I don't know her name, but she's uh, Max Mom. I just Mom. had that. I wasn't sure whether to bring that up Oh, yeah, now Max Mom. Say that is, her name is Sandy Martin, because I have okay, IMDb yes. in front of me. But yeah, Napoleon Mac. Dynamite well, Scramble. She, yeah, she yeah. shows so much range playing that same character yeah. she does it's the it's same insane. character almost it exactly. is the, literally the same character yes but like just so much range in that role where it's like yeah just be cigarette mom forever <laughs> it just, just always be cigarette mom it's it, okay it was really cool to see her 
do a role that has more meat on it. hundred percent, yeah. Than just cigarette mom that kind of only coughs up a few lines every once in a while to actually yeah. have like uh, something to do and, and something to say is, yeah. is really cool. The scenes where she had a lot of lines, I was on the edge of my seat. I yeah. would love to see her be in more substantial. What is she going to say? <laughs> yeah, we never get to see everything her say anything. Everything she <laughs> she says say? is great. Like, yeah. she's, she's an awesome character. Yeah, that was a surprise for me. I didn't know that she was in this movie. Actually, I just didn't even when I saw her. I was like, I didn't believe it. I was like, Oh, is that Max? <laughs> is that Max's mom? Holy shit! He's crazy. Uh, it was like Sam Rockwell was Country Mac. <laughs> yes. Yeah, in a way, rest in peace. Kind yeah. of spoilers for always <laughs> <Sorry>. sunny. <laughs> Yeah, the acting just yeah overall phenomenal. Job yeah, I you know I I would hate to if anyone's listening to this, um, if anyone's listening to this and like doesn't want anything spoiled, I would hate to spoil anything. So I'm like pretty ready to you're pretty ready to talk. To, like, yeah, for sure, yeah. definitely. All right, cool. Um, well, then we're gonna take a quick break, and after the ad, we will come back with some spoiler talk on three bu- billboards outside Ebbing, Missouri. See, I left the of out there. Be right back. for tuning in to another hot take uh i want to plug a few articles on the website that have gone up this past november we did a thankful series feel free to check those out we have one up about mash which is very well written and from the heart from one of our authors his name is edward give him some love uh burge also just recently posted an article about starship troopers he is kind of doing more of like a retrospective slash thankful piece Please go check that out. And I've recently written one about the show Better Things and about its context in the wake of this Hollywood upheaval and what it's going to look like going forward. And if you have not watched Better Things, I cannot sing its praises enough. Please go check that out as well. All of these articles are available on storyscreenbeacon.com. Please feel free to share your opinions. Uh, We would love to see some great feedback from you guys. But yeah, keep on listening. We have plenty of hot takes coming out through the next coming months because we are in the heat of Oscar season. There are some movies coming out. There are. Mm-hmm. There's a Star Wars on the horizon. Ooh. I'll talk about it. Our holiday we're too, we're too obligation. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but yeah, please feel free to check everything out on storyscreenbeacon.com and find us on all of the typical social medias. Uh, we have stuff going on on Facebook. We have stuff going out on Instagram and Twitter. Please feel free to check us out. Thanks so much, and keep on listening. Spoiler time. Alright guys. Spoilers. The meat of the film. Woody Harrelson shoots himself in the fucking head. (laughs) (laughs) In a very, like unsuspected oh, scene man. This, best, the trailers best like this is a weird thing to say best like suicide scene it's a, like yeah, in a movie ever and like yeah. the way it like permeates mm. forever in the I don't film. know if it counts as a suicide scene but uh um you know things are kind of amiss during the last scene of seeing him alive with his family and yeah. spending his last day with his daughter it very much wife. feels like a goodbye i, I was gonna, just gonna say that way at first but. royal tenenbaums i don't uh, you can't yeah. really count it. it's an attempted suicide scene 
Also oh, very with good. Elliot Smith. Yeah. Oh my gosh, yeah. that scene. Yeah, that probably you're kill is yourself. my favorite. You might as well do it to Elliot Smith. Well, I mean, yeah. that's the that's the suicide. Although, anthem. did that's you know that. they did had they had a big problem? Was that I can't remember. I was reading about this a little while ago, a few months ago. I think Elliot Smith was still alive at the time when that happened. Oh, really? When they licensed out that. Really? I'm not not. sure about that. It was either Elliot Smith himself or the estate of Elliot Smith was not happy about the use of that song. I feel like that it would have been post. They kind of felt a little bit swindled about the way that that song was used after it was licensed for Mm -hmm. that movie. Anyway, I I think I think that scene, too, is a little more poignant knowing that Owen Wilson later on. Uh, kind of had like a suicide True. scare. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, that scene is just breathtaking. Yeah. And it's Wes Anderson, so how could it not be? Anyway. Anyway. anyway no. <laughs> we let's talk about this one. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I, I like that movie more the more times I see it. Anyway, that's mm. a big yeah. digression. Mm. Uh, <laughs> this, yeah, this is a, it's uh, very distant of a suicide scene. Mm-hmm. It is. Okay, so to back it up a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. He plays think, Chief Willoughby. Yeah, I think... Yeah. Woody Harrelson's role in this is the chief that... Um, what's her name? What's her character's Mildred? name? Mildred. Mildred. Calls out. Um, is calling out because he the is the chief of... He's the third billboard. He's the chief of yeah. police. So the billboards say... What are the exact wording? My daughter was... Because they don't actually show it that often after the first... The first billboard is uh, kind of in the dark for... the. All of the trailers leading up to it, you right. don't know what that first billboard said, but you know what the second two say. Mm-hmm. But the first one says "raped while murdered" mm-hmm. or "raped while dying," mm-hmm. and then the second one is "still no arrests." The last sign, "How come Chief Willoughby?" Right. Yeah. yeah. So th- that's the whole the whole point of this. Everything that's happening to these characters around this inciting incident is that. Um, her daughter was murdered and raped and burned to death. Mm-hmm. And Outside of her seven, house, essentially. Right. And the cops seven are able have, to find all these things. Right. But yeah. but months, nearly a year has passed mm-hmm. and no arrests have been made in the case, which is true to life in the way that a lot of horrific mor- murder and rape cases happen. And there's just no evidence because that's the way that evidence works. If the person is not in a database or does not have any priors or does not come up for anything... There's it's no way to trace really that. hard to catch someone yeah. unless there's a witness or something else. Right. So it is realistic in the way that this is a small town with small town police, and this mur- this really horrific, tragic murder happens, but there's no justice. Yeah, and right. Mildred even brings up the fact that like the more you keep a case in the public eye, kind of the better chances right. you have of of get- getting solved, or at least it being remained open and remain being looked at. And this is very much a revenge movie in the way that Mildred wants justice for what happened yeah. to her daughter. And by putting these these billboards up and kind of in her own way lighting a fire under the police department's ass or trying in her own way to make something happen yeah. in a case that very much has gone cold. She's started these billboards and the impacts, the ripple effects that it has in the small town it most directly is it impacts woody harrelson's character right, right well he's he's directly there's two people mentioned he's being boys. called out yeah Her daughter and him right right yeah and i think the best the the most effective thing that this movie does is shows you the ways that all these people are involved but gives them you know it's not just woody harrelson plays a police chief that doesn't give a shit and is incompetent no. 
he really cares and he wants to catch that killer. He just probably to say just as much is not really fair, but he does actually care. Yes. But he's still being called out because Mildred is so upset about what happened that she wants justice. And like, you know, they, they kind of, they give us, they show us a, uh, police, you know, station. They show the officers of this police station as like wildly incompetent. Yeah. Hilariously so. Yeah. So, you know, it kind of, as much as, uh, you know, Woody Harrelson seems to be the most competent police, you know, person, like, you know, law enforcer at the station, surrounded by all this incompetence, but, you know, he does, Mildred's like, you know, there's just no one who's like really wrong in the movie. Right. Besides the assailant who you, you'll never find out. Right. Who it is. I, I don't I think it's the less that there's, there's a, a clear right and wrong. It's yeah. the things that people will do in the face of this tragedy and mm-hmm. the lengths that people will go to, but also the repercussions of the lengths that those people go to. Right. Especially with Mildred's character and her yeah. actions. She has a major change kind of at the, at the end of the second act, I would say, where she, you know, tries to light the, she throw in Molotov cocktails at the police station, but like, you know, her actions end up seriously hurting like one of like at that point one of the most villainous characters of the movie we'll we'll get there and we'll keep fleshing this out because i want to build up to that because that is the big change Mm -hmm. of this movie and kind of where the movie definitely changes direction afterwards well Uh, i think too to go back to the billboard's intent of course it's to call the cops to action yeah to light a fire under their ass but one of my favorite scenes was her discussion with Chief Willoughby yes. about how to go about solving this case. Because I think she also wanted to bring attention to the fact that she is living in a town where possibly the murderer is walking around free. Right. Yeah. And so she wants to bring attention not only to the case, but just to show the town, like, I'm living possibly with the assailant. Right. And you need to do something about this. Right. You need to get this person off the streets. Before it happens again. And I think the town, you know, the town is very much a character of the film as well. Mm -hmm. Yes. And um, I think the fact that you have people rebelling against her or against the billboards because it like makes them all look bad, essentially, and makes them all have to think about something they don't want to think about, Mm -hmm. um, kind of hold them as responsible as she kind of puts it eloquently when she's talking to the priests. Right. There is Mm -hmm. a... um... There's a factor of being complicit there yes. of not seeking justice in a way for yeah. other actions. And and it's something that the, the film reinforces over and over again that this town has a myriad of problems that are yeah. hap- of racism and homophobia and, mm-hmm. and all sorts of things that are going on in this town. And just straight up some brutal violence in a couple cases that are yeah. just not really addressed that is kind of just left without any sort of justice yeah i mean i think it's very uh telling that like some of the major points of action like there's the police station and then the billboard office is across the street right and obviously it's on purpose there's a street because <laughs> yeah. they're, they're, they're separated by there's a main street much like beacon there's one mm-hmm. strip of yeah. stuff but uh you know there's there's kind of it's it's like there's only like right or wrong black and white you have the law on one side, and then you have these people on the other side. You who know, can affect the law. Who can affect the law, or you, they don't normally have the power to affect the law, but she kind of utilizes it and, and uses it that way. Gives them that agency. But then, like, crime can happen in the street, because we see um, Sam Rockwell's character, like, 
there, there's a point where he literally Assault. assaults someone, but even yeah. the, in the very beginning of the movie, he kind of attacks Red, and it's like mm-hmm. a, that Gangs of New York scene where he's like, I could just shoot you in the fucking street right now, and no one can stop me. Mm-hmm. Right. It's much like that power is there, because like in this small town, the cops do have the power, and because they are so powerful and they still can't solve this murder, it's it's telling of what's happening in the film. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I, I think that's a, a strong point of the film, too. And Woody, Woody Harrelson's character is so good because he is a very sympathetic character in his in itself. Not only because he's dying of pancreatic cancer, which he is, and that yes. is a huge part of his character as well, but he does seem to have... He shows empathy. Mm-hmm. Um, and the fact that Mildred is so deeply upset by what's happened... And is lashing out at the scapegoat that she can point a finger at, which is the police force who is responsible. It's their job to solve this murder, even Mm -hmm. if they just don't have the The answers. You know, in cases there are times where things just go cold and there's no other detective work that is to be done. Um, You know, Woody Harrelson addresses it directly. You know, she wants him. She's angry. She just wants everybody's blood in the country to be taken so that they can match DNA. And Woody Harrelson's very much that can't happen. There are civil rights laws against that. Yeah, right. Well, she's uh, essentially like trapped in like Dante's Inferno. She cannot move past that processing of death, of anger, that stage of death. Mm. She can't do anything about it until something happens and she is trapped. Yeah. I feel like thematically, uh, Woody Harrelson's like the the cancer of that character. I feel like is like the suppression of empathy, um, the suppression of something. Because I don't think it's because it's like this. I I can't put like my finger directly on it because I don't think because it's obviously not him not being able to solve the murder that leads to a suicide. It's him, and I do believe it's truthful. It's a multitude of things. It's a multitude yeah. of things. It's him not being able to, you know, be there for his family and for his family having to deal with his weakness. So it's like him suppressing it and that's why like he coughs blood up on uh mildred when they're having their conversation in the police station which is a really great scene that's when they actually have that conversation they they sit down and talk to each other because they're kind of sniping at each other a little bit but they they seem to they seem to have a mutual respect for each other they're both being dicks in the situation they're both being dicks but i think it's because they have a mutual respect for each other and Mm -hmm. then as soon as Woody Harrelson's character just coughs up that blood and it kind of becomes real and it's like a step back like they're big it's life and death at stake here it really there's a few times where you see Mildred being kind of like attacked verbally or otherwise Mm -hmm. and then she switches to being empathetic and like understanding and it speaks to like just like the range of that character where Mm -hmm. you know someone could be assaulting her in one moment but like she's smart enough to know like or she, she's just a great character. She's just a very loving person. She just is someone who is like the smartest person in the room and sees multiple sides. Yeah, that progression of scenes where you see them have that first major conversation in the film where they're talking about very adult things, but they're on the swing set. It's like a very childish setting to have this yeah. very deep conversation. Mm-hmm. And then the second serious conversation you see them have is in the police station, which is very adult. This is where people go to be tried for the crimes that they've committed. And then to see that transition quickly switch into death. Yeah. It's like everything is just being really sped up through this whole process. Mm-hmm. And she just will never, like, she won't let herself be a victim to anything. No. And that's like, she's such a, she's like... 
you know, she's up there with like some of the best like female protagonists in film. I think like I think that character is just incredible. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean they show they show some flashbacks to before the murder, and she does seem to be kind of a prickly sort of character yeah. in general. But I do think a lot of what's going into her character in this setting is is the tragedy that happened to her daughter and the relationship that she had with her ex husband. Mm-hmm. And she's become hardened and is not going to take shit from anyone. She's lashing out because she's just angry yeah and i think a lot of the characters in this movie for different reasons are just angry yeah and what the movie is showing is how that anger when you lash out with that anger regardless of what sort of events led you to that anger in the first place there are real repercussions that happen mm-hmm. yeah i agree well to see her character uh she was once married her husband left her for mm-hmm. a 19 year old right so she has lost her husband to a child. Right. Well, she has lost her child I, to a killer. She then, well, I, I don't know if she lost her husband to the child as much as she divorced him for for beating her. Right, right, yeah. that too. And, and then I'm not sure if they make that really explicitly clear. Yeah, I'm not, what not that phase so the relationship that fell matters. apart and at what phase yeah. he got with the 19 year old. But True. Yeah, um, I think I think the main reason they separated is because of him. Beating, beating her. her. That's what that's what I gathered from the film. Mm-hmm. And then he later hooked up with a nineteen year old girl, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. who's also great. Yeah. Acting wise, <laughs> acting wise in the movie, both, both yeah. those characters very good performances. Yes, absolutely. Uh, yes. What's, I don't actually know his name. John not, not not Sean Penn. It's John Hawk. Jo- John, John Penn. Hawks. I was thinking that the whole time. He's not Sean Penn. It's John Penn. He's very not Sean Penn. <laughs> mm-hmm. He was in uh, Martha Marcy May Marlene. He was the cult leader. In that film, did not see that. Oh, I did not see that. Oh, okay. Yeah, he's a phenomenal actor. I don't think he gets used enough. He's great, and so I'm glad to see him again. I think you know, uh, much like when we did the Killing of a Sacred Deer podcast, and I talked about the spaghetti scene and the scene about how, like, how I was just like, if that guy got like supporting actor nods at the Oscars, like, I think that he might get supporting actor nods at like the table flipping scene, Mm -hmm. which is like. So I mean, there's there's many scenes that are hard to watch in this movie, but that one really like it's tense. Yeah, and the escalation of it is so quick. Mm-hmm. It's it it shows you so f- quickly where this family stands. Yeah, you know, because you have everybody's just on a hair trigger. Everybody's yeah. so mm-hmm. fucking fed up with everything that's happened that everybody's and so angry that they are just ready to snap. At there's there. just no answers. Yeah, you know? and, and that's, that's that's the truth is that yeah. sometimes there are no answers. Mm-hmm. You know. And, it's just bad. And to kind of skip ahead to this movie, which I'm really glad they did this because I, I there's a there is the idea that there may be an answer to who killed her daughter, and it, there is no answer. Yeah. And they leave the movie without an answer to who killed her daughter because that's that's, that's the fact that that is leading to such this frustration and this lack of justice is yeah. in a lot of cases you know it's a cruel world and there is no answer. There is no happy bow ending. Yeah, it was also very heartbreaking to see that Mildred's character has been the only one in the family who's been allowed. Well, she's taken center stage showing her rage. Mm-hmm. So you can see that the ex-husband is also outraged, but felt that he couldn't share in that outrage because he had been wrong in the past to her as well. Right. And then to see the son also say, like, I really didn't even want to process it at all. And mm-hmm. you forced me to. Yeah. Right. He said he didn't read the, what the police documents or the, mm-hmm. the police report. He was just like, I didn't read that shit. Like, I'm already I don't, I don't want to. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Which is his, his time to shine scene was that scene of him 
yeah. confessing yeah. his how deeply upset he is by um, all of the actions yeah. right and yeah. it's only reinforced by these billboards right that he right. has to see driving home yeah i mean he's much more he's he's also like the voice of the of the community of this town as mm-hmm. well because he's like I don't want to have to deal with this every day either. And I don't want to have to look at this every day. And that's right. how the town feels. They're just like, we don't want to have to look at this. We didn't, we're not a part of this. And it's like, well, you right. are. Right. It happened here. Right. And that's a mm-hmm. complicity. Yeah. Um, yeah. Cause that's my spaghetti scene for Francis McDormand. Is yeah. the scene with the priest and oh, the conversation oh yeah. so with the blood, oh. bloods in the crypts mm-hmm. and the priests yeah. and any gang you join. Anytime you say, well, I look the other way. No, you're culpable. Yeah. Because you're a part of the gang. Right. You're a part of this town. Mm. We're all culpable until this is solved. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Phenomenal right. scene. But, and that that is that is a stance that, that she takes, but the hard reality is that there is no answer for her. And right. there's no way to get to that answer. Right. Yeah. Um, and that's the point of frustration that she's lashing out at. Is that mm-hmm. she just wants an answer, and the truth is there there won't be an answer. Right. Yeah, Martin McDonough just works phenomenally with that questioning of God. He handles it really well in yeah. Bruges as well. Mm-hmm. Things happen a certain way, and Colin Farrell's character is just riddled with guilt mm-hmm. for the way things happened in that film, and just the constant questioning of, well, what is the higher power? Yeah. How does this go on after death? Is there an after death? Mm-hmm. It's definitely yeah. his most like grounded movie, I feel like, but it still so? has these moments of, it's still like larger in life. Uh, mm-hmm. with, that's that's why I really like the movie because it is, and I think that this is what I look for, or this is like generally what ends up being some of my favorite movies. It's like why I like The Lobster and Killing of a Sacred Deer, where they're movies that are like grounded in like real action, but they're so kind of crazy. Mm-hmm. Like the moment to moment stuff is just like this would never happen, but that's why I watch movies. Uh, But, like, it's so believable in the context of the world, you know? Yeah. The implausibility in this movie is the things that everyone seems to get away with. Yeah. (laughs) In many of the scenes of this movie, Mm -hmm. people get away with some fucking violence that they probably would not be able to get away with. No. But, like, it could be summed up so easily with, like, the incompetency Mm -hmm. of the police. But it works, like, as a movie because it's, like, so fun to watch. Right. 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 Yeah, because even the town, uh, the police force specifically, they, while they want to also help, but they're also kind of out to get Mildred's character, Mm -hmm. they also coddle her, in a sense, because once she has committed this crime that pretty much everyone pegs her for, the burning of the police station. Yeah, even before. They're they're ready to kind of turn the other two. I know. Well... You did it, but we're not going to do anything. We're kind of at a crossroads. <laughs> right. Such a good line for Sam, like final line oh for Sam God. Rockwell's character. I at have the to end. tell you something. I burned the police station down. I'm like, yeah, who the fuck else did it? <laughs> yeah, who else would have done it? Obviously. <laughs> but even when she like. Yeah, I get it. Even when she, you know, uh, attacks the dentist, which is an act of defense, to be honest. Like, right. he was going to do something shitty. Yeah. She didn't do something shitty pretty, first. It was pretty clear that he had no yeah, good intentions No, but, like, you know, even once, uh, uh, Woody Hell's character is, like, he coughs up the blood on her in that interrogation scene, which is about that moment, he's just, just let her go. 
You know, so like there's uh, a, yeah. this is this mutual respect. Yeah, fuck that but. dentist. Nobody cares about dentists. Yeah, <laughs> well, that I mean, fat dentist. Yeah. The, the thing is, uh, his thumb's way fucked up now, but we don't care. We're yeah. never coming back to and him. We're never going to see him again in this nope. movie at all. Mm. But he could have died from that wound for all we know. <laughs> yeah. We'll he never find out. I'll never know. <laughs> but uh, yeah, but it's this, it, this idea of guilt. And uh, I, I think maybe it speaks to, I haven't seen uh, In Bruges in a while, but you know, I think the it's idea like about guilt. Yeah, and I think, like, you know, guilt is the reason why, uh, like, Mildred doesn't really face too many consequences for her actions, because I think the police station and the law feel guilt for not being able to solve the crime, you know? Right. Mm-hmm. And that's, and then it turns into rage, and it's, it's, it's a movie a lot about, like, what emotions are and how they manifest under the surface, and then what they, what the output of that is. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's Molotov cocktails at the police station. <laughs> sometimes it's throwing She's the stuttering arm. Oh my gosh! On point. She's yeah. She really yeah. whips those things. Which I think she did some like shock pudding in uh, high school. I don't know something. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. It's hard. Pretty fun to throw a Molotov cocktail. Have you ever really that? whipped a bottle? I'd, Im- I'd imagine. Have you ever taken a glass bottle and just really whipped it? I've like thrown it on the ground, and that's pretty satisfying. You should, I, listen. <laughs> Let's go out to a field somewhere. I'm not saying throw some bottles. Go throw glass bottles, but. Wink, wink, nod, nod. It's pretty fun nudge, to throw nudge, a nudge, nudge. <laughs> <laughs> like this. You nod, nod. Nod, nod, wink, wink. Yeah, it's, yeah. Uh, it's hard, yeah, to see how the law could work when the law is so decrepit. Like, it's really decrepit in this yeah. town. Yeah. yeah it's uh, kind it's of reached It's falling apart. I mean, a police officer throws a man out of a window mm-hmm. and, and just gets fired. Yeah, that's... It. And that's it. <laughs> yeah. But right. it speaks it speaks to a lot of what happens in the real world too, where you know, you have police officers that literally just commit fucking murder and they kinda, you know, get they on the news. They at least go to for, trial. They get they acquitted, get pardoned, yeah, yeah. They, get they acquitted, go to trial. I mean Sam Rockwell's character doesn't even No, he just goes back that. to he goes back to cigarette mom and just kinda does his thing. Yeah. And too, I think uh yeah, there's some even though he's done awful things, Dixon, uh yeah, I think the town kind of knows, like, well, your dad died, and now you're looking after it's your mom. It's this idea so, of guilt that, like, yeah. pardons real crime. Yeah, Which coddling, for sure. Maybe they introduce that, I don't know. Maybe he a little is, too late? It's, there's some, I really love Sam Rockwell's performance in this. He's like the and, opposite of Two-Face. And I want to get into the, the yeah, basically. <laughs> he's the, like Two-Face, but he's the opposite, opposite the, thematically. The turn that you mentioned yeah. before the spoiler break, right. because there is the turn where... Uh, he gets burned inside of the police station after the Molotov cocktails. Yeah. Are While at it. saving the files. While sa- well, he oh. saves it once he realizes that the station is on fire. Right. And he- after reading the letter yeah. right. by Willoughby. And getting that sort of... Yeah, he, he gets... He reads... Uh, Woody Harrelson wrote a lot of suicide notes. He did. He had to spend a lot of time writing. But I love that idea that it's really after good. he dies, it's really that good. he... It's still a is still a character yes. in the film, and that he is, you know, he exists in the movie in these ways. Yes, really sorry, cool. yes, Jack, I'm, go I'm in, glad for that. But yes, go into the letters because I the, feel like I jumped the gun explaining that. Uh, we could talk more about the letters too, but I just think his—he's so incompetent, so full of rage, so racist, like openly, and just an idiot and a violent. Right, like the town drunk. Even and by, town drunk. by this point in the movie, we all didn't like him. He's a piece of shit. Even when we see him at the bar, and you're just—we, I think Jack's just like such a piece of shit. This guy, <laughs> he's like, a shit. Yeah, yeah, he's a piece of shit. Uh, he he plays that piece of shit super fucking well, and that's mm-hmm. awesome. But after that scene where he gets burned, he completely does a one eighty. That 
is just believable enough for me, I guess, because of how well he plays that character. But it is a pretty extreme about face. I agree. Yeah. yeah. I see that criticism. I think that's a very valid criticism. I see it as like, I think some people just need someone to say one fucking nice thing to them. Yeah. Or just need to like hammer home like, listen, I know why you're upset and I just want to talk to you. Yeah. And I think he's a product of no one talking to him about the thing that makes him upset because no one talks about what makes you upset in the movie. No one communicates why you're sad. The minute someone tries to, in a grand gesture of three billboards, people start having a problem. And he is someone who's repressed his rage, and then the output of that rage is all of these attacks and vitriol and racism and homophobia. And, you know, I think it's a 180, but I think it's a 180 because finally someone is just like, I know why you're sad. I think you're a good person. Mm -hmm. I think you could do better. And it's and I think that is why he does the 180, but I think it's just him losing a lot in that moment. I think it's him, you know, being lit on fire. I think it's him being hurt, and I think it's him... It's kind of rebirthed by fire. He's rebirthed by fire, for sure. Yeah. But then, like, you also have to think about the, the subsequent scene after that, where he's in the same hospital room as, you know, as Red, who we just threw out the window. Right. So He's faced with this consequence immediately. It's not that it's a whole... It's a 180, but, like, I think there's a lot of subsequent steps that's, like... Okay, someone finally react, react, reached out to you and mm-hmm. told you that you're a good person under all your hate. And then you're literally faced with being in the same room with someone who you wronged. And then they, you know, they extend a, a branch to you. They give you the orange juice. Mm-hmm. So I, I think it's a very believable turn. I think it, yeah. it happens very quickly, but I think it, it totally makes sense tonally in the film. Mm-hmm. I think, too, that uh, all of these people, since it's such a small town are recognized for they are their mistakes mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and for who they are. There's no rebirth for these people in any other way. And he finally gets one. And he finally gets yeah. one by the lighting on fire, by the being told by Willoughby through letter that he's a good man and has potential. Yeah. But then also being completely covered by bandages so that he is unrecognizable. And I think when someone looks at him as just a human and not his faults. He or sees his, something. Yeah, in yeah. consequences. Yeah, I think that uh, Red's character having that moment in the hospital where he's just another victim mm-hmm. and being told, like, I want to help you out. Let me let me get you some stuff. And then still being helped even once he is recognized for who he is. That's a very big moment for him, too. Yeah, it's because... like, now you know who I am, but you still want to help me. No one was showing him kindness when he had right. a face. Exactly. And then when his face was taken away, he was seeing what real acts of kindness can look like. And I, and it's just, it's beautiful and it's great. And then like, that's what makes him, that's why he's, you know, he's opposite to face. Yeah. Half his face gets burned, but like, you know, instead of him rejecting and rebelling, him being like, I was, yeah, and the reason I use the two face analogy, which is maybe obvious to some, but it's like, you know, Harvey Dent spent his life trying to do good and trying to do right and the only outcome of it was him getting attacked and getting burned and then he just rejected it all this guy spends his life you know kind of being the underdog maybe like trying to do right but not working out and then when he falls victim to something that actually plagues him he sees acts of kindness Mm -hmm. at the end of it and then he kind of makes a turn yeah and while his mom does care for him and love him you can see how she has reinforced all these, these negative, negative yeah. attributes to his character. Absolutely. Which is 
not excusable for his actions, but you can kind of understand why he feels that way. Yeah. yeah. And why he's being fueled to act in a certain way towards the town and people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's definitely like, he, he's also, I, I think he's one of the best characters in the movie too. He's a very just, tragic yeah, character. Absolutely. Yeah, there's I mean, just, you know, he has much more of an arc. Yeah. Mildred really does not have an arc. Uh, I think she does. I think she she has a major change because she decides to attack the police station. I think the Mildred you see in the beginning of the movie and the Mildred you see at the end of the movie is a very terrifying change. Because at the beginning of this movie, I, think I don't it's think it's an that, escalation. It's an escalation, oh. but I don't think at the end of the movie you would have a character who's so fueled by revenge that she will just go to Idaho to kill this person who's not involved in her life at all. See, I think that her her change, actually, I think she feels some kind of release at the end of the film. Yeah. Where she thinks, well, you know, this maybe isn't the guy. How sure are you about killing this guy? And Dixon says, I'm not. She's like, all right, well, I'm not either. So I think she's slowly getting yeah. to the point where yeah, she's yeah. almost at peace. Not at peace entirely, but she's reaching some kind of normalcy in her life now where she's like, all right, I've done the things that I needed to do. Maybe now I can see some calm. I mean, Dixon's is a much more immediate change right. yeah. and drastic right. change, whereas Mildred is maybe she's on learned the some. There. She's she's still on the way. Yeah. I mean, did you guys read the movie that they're going to kill this person, or did you guys read the movie that they're gonna maybe? I don't know. Back? I really think they're just gonna think about it. I think it's a scary thought to think of when she sees this guy and recognizes that he is the guy who antagonized her in her shop. I'm I'm fearful that once she sees him, she will kill him. Yeah. But again, but maybe this, she'll guy, this guy brutally beforehand. This guy brutally assaulted Is Sam Rockwell. He can just press charges for that. Right. This is, yeah. not, this is not a movie about pressing charges. You know? It's clearly nobody presses any charges <laughs> yeah, in this it's movie. A, well, I mean, people try to, but then nothing happens. It's a movie about taking Well, the law. dentist tries to, and yeah, then Woody Harrelson <laughs> just decides, like, no, no you no, can't actually. It. I don't that, think that's how that works. That's but. my point, though. It's like, it's it's a movie about taking justice into your own hands. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's the, the big point of the movie. It's kind of being like, well, if they won't fucking do it, and that's their job, then I'm going to fucking do it. And guess what? You're not going to like it, but I'm going to do it anyway. So, mm-hmm. you know. Either you fix it, or I'm going to make it a lot harder to not. And that, that's like that's an attitude I really appreciate about the movie. Um, I think for me, I, I I I'm of two minds about it. Where I, I think that if she did kind of go through with like killing this dude in Idaho, like you know, is it justified? I don't know. Like you know, it, it's 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 a scary thought because like they don't have that many facts. Mm-hmm. It's just a conversation in a bar, right? And which they kind of mentioned earlier in the film of like, but also the conversation in the shop too. Yeah, I mean, I mean the, the guy is a piece of shit. Is no the guy a piece of shit? Totally. Does he deserve to get like brutally murdered? Right. I don't know. Yeah, my hope at the end of the film is that they turn around before they even get to Idaho. Mm-hmm. They've kind of already gotten out of their system the thing that they needed to, which was the idea of killing him in the yeah. first place. Mm-hmm. And I really hope they turn around because I think if they get to Idaho, it's going to be a different yeah. ending. Well, we, no, came all this, story. we came all this way. I, mean, <laughs> I, think, I think that's the thing with the movie, and I think that a lot of people can walk away from the movie feeling different things. Right, um, yeah. Like, I think some people can be like, hell yeah, go kill that guy. He totally sucks. Or like, hell yeah, go burn down the police station. They're all incompetent idiots. But I think there are other people who would say, and I think that there's kind of like a, a rightness in both conversations. I think there's some people who would say, no, that's not just, it's just another random act of violence, but there are some people who say, like, you know, violence begets more violence. <laughs> but, 
sometimes the begetted violence is just like super satisfying and like in a in a movie where like law has to be taken out of the equation then like what is violence what is rebellion what is protesting what is these things you know it's these are the kind of questions i think the movie is really trying to talk about was the actual line in this violence begets more violence or was it anger 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 begets more anger Anger. the penelope (laughs) says which is also a great moment so good really says Penelope said that. <laughs> she said it. Penelope said, said begets. Begets. That's that's a very good line. It's very good. That's yeah. that's Dinklage's uh, Oscar Oscar scene. <laughs> his that's his spaghetti scene. Yeah, that's his spaghetti scene. His I like, cheesy things. Yeah. I I really like that the spaghetti scene is like a new term <laughs> we've adopted. Yes, it's, it's very good. good. It's mm-hmm. very good. Yeah, I like uh, that we were contextualizing this film in almost a realm of unconsequence like where things don't really have an ending yeah. it's just violence because yeah as soon as we see her in those uh jumpsuits all the time uh-huh. i got like a very clear uh, beatrix kiddo kill bill kind uh, of vibe hell, from her yeah I was, I was waiting to kind of bring that up yeah, yeah she's super and they both exist bill. yeah in a realm where you can just kill people yeah. and that's that's, that's okay that, that's the thing yeah. and that's that's why i see the ending of the movie like i, I don't think it's really clear-cut what could happen because no. you know it could easily be like she goes down this path where she kills the guy in uh idaho and then she just finds the next rapist and yeah, kills him too but i don't even think that mcdonough like projected that no far this, out this is just kind if, of if he was to project as as well, did he did he write this movie as well? Yes. He did. Okay. Yeah. So I think in his mind, if he wrote this movie, it wouldn't just be whether or not they go kill that guy. It's they go meet that guy and then do they have a conversation and then what happens around that conversation. Yeah. And there would be a lot more to it than that, which is why I kind of – I don't know. Did you there, – there were multiple times where I thought this movie could have or was maybe about to end and then it kept going a little bit. But then when they finally had that car scene, I was like, okay, yeah. this has got to be the last scene, right? And I'm glad it was. And yeah, I'm no, super sure. glad it was as well. I agree. Because if they were actually going to do that, they, they would have needed a lot more time. Right. It's a whole a... other movie. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And like, I don't mean to like bring it up in a way where I think they would definitely do it. It's more of just kind of like unpacking it thematically. The top falls over. Okay. Yeah. The top was... <laughs> <laughs> Guys, I know how Inception ends, okay? I I know movies. Yeah, Billboardception. Billboardception. <laughs> There's three spinning tops in this one. <laughs> mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah. They I just, catch on fire. They all out of fire. No one, no <laughs> and one then they come back. Yeah, it's great. It's crazy. Um, uh. Yeah, I, I guess I could just see... It's, it's interesting to end the movie not on a cliffhanger. It is a spinning top in a way, because it's like... It, there's momentum and the movie just ends on momentum. And, mm-hmm. and I think that's a really good way to end the movie in a lot of cases because mm-hmm. not everything should have a neat bow on it and this movie didn't start with a neat bow. Yeah. It certainly will not end with one. No. Um, and I think it's really cool. But I, I I just kind of... It's how you imagine, like, is there a darker ending to the movie or a lighter ending? Right. And uh, I wouldn't be surprised if either happened, you know? Right. Uh, I think that... It leaves rooms for interpretation. The most important thing for me in the ending is that these two characters that started on complete opposite ends of are together are yeah exactly are in the same car and are have recognized their differences Mm -hmm. and come to meet each other sort of in the middle two-face and batman are in the car yeah they're hanging out they decide to go to idaho and kill the yeah (laughs) yeah Mm-hmm. Maybe I've been reading too much Batman. You've been Maybe. reading a lot of Batman. <laughs> it's so Two Face. You're, you're it's so opposite Two Face. Okay, oh, I'm gonna. I stand by that. I like too how it mirrors uh, Willoughby's last sentiments to his wife. He said, 
this is an act of bravery, but I'll tell you why it's brave. It's because I wanted to save our family from dealing with me withering away yeah. mm-hmm. and spending the last moments with you by my bed, caring for me. I wanted our last day alive together to be a moment of joy and family Which, togetherness. of course, is still not an act of bravery. It's not. No. Uh, it never is. No. But I like how this movie kind of takes that stance where it's like, we're going to end it with you thinking that possibly the best could happen mm-hmm. instead of ending it in this place yeah. of despair. And you really hoping that Mildred doesn't do something crazy. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's him taking his life into his own hands. It's much yeah. like people taking the law into their own hands. He takes right. his life into his own hands where he's just like, no, I there's, you know. The the uh, paradigm of going through chemotherapy and then withering away and dying and kind of like the, the Western belief of just kind of dying comfortably with like what Western medicine is, like he opts out of it. Yeah. Just like how people are just like, I could report this rape murder or I could just find the person and kill them. Like that's, I think that's like a lot of what the movie's about. Right. Yeah. Although it definitely is not an act of bravery and... We see the repercussions of that act through the wife saying, you never know how you can deal with the day that your husband committed suicide. Right. You never yeah. know what you're going to do next. She is a good foil to Mildred, who also doesn't know what she's doing, but is just constantly moving mm-hmm. instead of like stuck in the state of despair as the wife is. And I think it's a good contradiction because for the scene, Mildred is in her shop which she sells gifts, which are very superficial yeah. about the town, which is interesting enough that she surrounds herself with superficial things for her job mm-hmm. and the way she earns money. And the guy, the rapist that we see at the end of the film, who was not her rapist, but definitely a rapist, come yeah. in and verbally threaten her. And then the wife of Willoughby come in and scare him off. That was just such a great contradiction of mm-hmm. two yeah. women who have been wronged by not the same thing entirely, but the circumstances that put these people together. It was just such a great scene. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like, you know, I think out of a lot of the characters in the movie, I wish that um, uh, Woody Ellison's wife was able to read the letter that went to. Yeah, that's um, the immediate thought. That's, that's the thing. It's just like, oh, I just wish she could can you just show yes. the letter? Can you just maybe just show it? But the thing is, like, you know, it's then it'd be, like, a, another act of, like, hubris or, you know, it wouldn't be, be disingenuous It wouldn't be as her. poetic. I yeah. Think, no, it's better that happens this way. But that, it's meant to make us feel that way where it's mm-hmm. just, like, now, um, you know, she she has, she's in on a secret. Because she didn't tell, she didn't tell anybody, or right. she really didn't tell anybody that he paid for all the other billboards right. the next month. No. You know? Except for the guy who was right. like, should we put these back up? He was mm-hmm. like, yeah, he paid for it. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah, I really liked how the other policeman who contacts Dixon and says, Willoughby left a note for you. He's like, oh, what did it say? He's like, I don't know. It's not my letter. It's your yeah. letter. Yeah. I really liked that because everyone's kind of carrying their own weight in this film. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's cool. It's, uh, it, it has like the dealings with guilt that like Bruges has, but the idea of revenge that Seven Psychopaths has, mm-hmm. mm. where it's like unapologetic revenge. Ooh, nice, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's uh, it's very much a it's a continuation of those movies, but this one's like the one where it's like you can get, you can throw an Oscar at this boy. 
Mm-hmm. You, you just kind of think... toss one out there. Yeah, I totally yeah. think this is going to come up. This is going to get some nods for yeah. sure. Definitely it's, some performance nods. It's on my top five of the yeah. year. Yeah, instantly. Like, it's instantly. I think for me as well. Yeah, you said that good. for the past five movies in a row. <laughs> I was telling so Bernadette like went outside during the break and we were chatting, and I was telling her like I have a long list of movies I still need to see. So it's not in cement yet. It's not in cement but... yet, but like you know, I there's this lot of movies I want to see because I want to have a very true top five. For me, you know. It's going to be some right. soul-searching. There's been a lot of good movies. Well, also, oh, we've yeah. probably, I think we've all seen more movies this year than we ever had before during Story Screen, you know? I definitely was more <gasps> conscious of everything that came out. Yes. <laughs> for sure. Week to week yeah. this year than I have been in the past. I liked how you said that In Bruges dealt more with guilt, because it definitely does. Yeah. Uh, but I like that In Bruges deals with hitmen who are actually hitmen, mm-hmm. and how this movie turns... Mildred Francis McDormand into a hit into woman. A, yeah, it was like definitely. a cool progression. More v- vigilante than a hit woman, but sure. yes, yeah. she has the intent to go murder somebody. She's definitely. not afraid to. No, you know, but like she's given all the tools to not be afraid. Like, right? Why? It's that's the thing. Like, I really like how the movie is speaking to the idea of just like, well, why wait? for justice or like why wait yeah go get it or like you know why wait for death Mm -hmm. you know as much as i don't agree with like listen don't kill yourself it's selfish thing to do and it's a bad thing to do to your family your friends but thematically in this film i like the idea of like someone being like i won't wait it's like there it's just impatience it's not waiting it's this this act of it's all bravery but it's all outside of the realm that we as people think is okay misguided bravery yeah for sure yeah. It's brave to light a PlayStation on fire. Shouldn't do it. Even yeah. if they fucked you over, but, like, it's cool to see the movie. Yeah, I definitely got vibes, too. This is kind of a throwback to another podcast that we've done recently. Uh, there were certain similarities between Mildred and Joyce Byers in Stranger Things. Mm-hmm. You always feel badly for that other child who's just kind of forgotten. Yeah. And her son is kind of like the Jonathan Byers yeah. Of this realm, where she still very much is motherly, and she still drives him to school every day, and she obviously cares for him, but it's really sad to see those children kind of, like, fall by the wayside. She also, like, kicks the balls and vaginas of the people who throw the <laughs> yeah. bottle at the car. Like, he's having a bad time at school. It's okay. Yeah. That's the last time that yeah. they show him. I think that's his last well. scene where someone throws a can at her car, and she's just like, you see you did that? No. Kick some. Like, <laughs> yeah. But that's again, like, you know, there's just more no consequences to their actions. Yeah, you can't right. assault kids at a high school and no, just that get in your car and drive away. No. Oh, that's Mildred. She's, you know, she's gone through She's crazy. Yeah. Yes. Well, you shouldn't have thrown a can at her car. Yeah, you should not fuck with her at You ever have it to her daughter? Jeez. Yeah. Did you see what she's wearing? Did you see that <laughs> undercut she's got going? Badass. Her, hair, fuck with her. her haircut is sick. So, it's so good. Sick. So good. No, I've been contemplating getting an undercut for a while, and now it's, I definitely got a one. That round, huh? yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now it's not a now it's not a maybe. <laughs> Do you guys have uh, a razor here? <laughs> new year, new year, new me, twenty eighteen. <laughs> you want to undercut with a razor? That's gonna be pretty. Oof, that's gonna be bad. That's pretty legit. Don't forget. Okay, <laughs> she's just trying to be badass, uh-huh. and she's gonna be. You guys have any dope undercut? <laughs> <laughs> You guys have any closing thoughts on uh, on three billboards? I think we're pretty much getting to the end of. Uh, yeah, I uh, I think there's probably even more we could unpack, but I think we I think we isolated, and I'm really happy with the discussion. Like the idea of revenge and guilt, and kind of like taking the the idea of seizing agency and and taking things and mm-hmm. 
and you being the most important. Like I, I like those thematics of the movie. I think we'll have more opportunity to talk about this movie at the end of the year. We fucking it better. Indeed, stay in your top five. Yeah. Right. I got more to say about Get Out, too. You want to get there? <laughs> Come yeah. on, Oscars. Had a whole year to think about that one. It's true. Yeah, I really love uh, what this did for grasping things within your reach. I love that the town of Ebbing itself probably wasn't in Mildred's backyard, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I love that she took what she could in the realm of her home turf which was soiled with the death of her daughter and taking that agency back. I think that's very important for like the feminine uh, theory we've had going on this entire year. Mm -hmm. I think it speaks volumes for reclaiming that feminine power. Yeah. I just overall loved the film. I knew I was going to like it. It did not disappoint. Yeah. I was in the same boat. I was, I went into this very much expecting to be impressed and just the performances are top notch grade a stuff and they're dealing with a lot of heavy themes um in ways that is like you said maybe a little bit exaggerated but also very plausible and grounded and and he's approaching it in a way that is uh readable but also fun i think that's another thing that maybe we didn't talk about it's just a fun movie to watch we we mentioned a little bit but there is so much humor injected throughout this movie that those really serious real life heavy themes have a kind of levity to them also that it makes it fun even when when mildred is talking to the preacher and is laying out that like the shit about gangs and and being complicit and uh having taking responsibility she's doing it in a way that is humorous the movie's just really honest and i think that like it's it's something that we should really appreciate in 2017 it's just a movie that's like not afraid to kind of lay it out there like obviously the movie's commentating on like police brutality also like mm-hmm. obviously the movie's commenting on like rape victims and like how they are not justly you know like th- that that their cases fall by the wayside or right. your word against theirs or they mentioned like that. that a lot yeah you know like obviously the movie's about that and like this movie's probably been in production for a few years so it's a little bit even ahead of the curve in that way as well uh-huh. and you know it's just it's it's a really great movie and i'm really happy that this is like the evolution of this director and writer too definitely yes. feels like the right place and right time for this movie Absolutely. to come out and then like coming you know it being in this kind of uh cornetto of revenge from Rouges to seven psychopaths and there's some movies in between as well but like mm-hmm. i think these are the big standouts you know it, it it just it's really good it's really it's a really good movie for the end of the year i'm mm-hmm. really happy to have seen it it's a great film for a reminder of lending a voice to people who feel like they are voiceless. Yeah. Yeah. Making sure that they are still heard. Yeah. It's and very, I think also, very important right I think now. Reaching also, out, like you said, yeah. as well with Sam Rockwell's character, mm-hmm. just showing that little bit of kindness to someone who clearly is, is lashing out for it does a lot. Rage. It does a lot to be, you know, as much as like there's some negative connotations in the movie, like I think there's a lot to be said about like, yo, yeah, reach out or just like tell someone like you fucking care about them. Mm-hmm. And that like, even if they're being, we all have friends where they go through periods of like maybe something happens to them and they're being a real fucking dick right now. Mm-hmm. But if you're there and you love them, then like maybe something really good will come out from it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's what, you know, that's what being a good friend is. But that's also what being like, you know, in this case, like a mentor or something like that as well. Just a human being, you know, yeah. especially in a year where there are a lot of people very not high human. powered people who are doing some very inhuman things all the time yeah. right yeah yeah cool well thank you guys very much for joining me and thank you listeners for coming with us on this hot take journey uh we will be back 
the end of the year with more stuff. There's more articles to come. There's going to be a lot more podcasts to come. As I said, yep. there's a Star Wars on the horizon. Star Wars. Uh, you can be sure that we'll record a podcast on that. <laughs> we should probably get our tickets. You guys probably should. We yeah. think we gotta order those. Uh, I just think that we should maybe talk about it today or tomorrow <laughs> and figure it out. How am I gonna? Okay, we'll figure it we, out. We we just have to figure it out. Like, okay. This okay. Week. We'll figure it out. Yeah. Fuck. That's soon. Listen, if they want to tickets into your own hands, that's really boys. soon. I'm gonna have, if we don't see it on day one, I have to throw my phone in the ocean so I don't like see <laughs> oh, yeah, spoilers. That's true. You just like lock yourself. <laughs> yeah, away. dude. We gotta like kind of be on that. Uh, okay, we will. We'll figure that out. We'll figure right. that out. Um, you can go to storyscreenbeacon.com to check out all kinds of other podcasts, reviews, articles, think pieces, uh, the the merch. like everything, oh, merch, everything. Yeah. pictures. Videos, no videos. Uh, Not yet. What else? Um, news, reviews, everything. All the things are Every, there. Anything that has ever been Listen, possibly posted on a website is there. If you want some like, there. deep coverage on 2017 film, and we're otherwise. ready. We yeah. got. We have that. In, We've done that. We got. We've done that. He's good. And there's more to come. <laughs> Thank you out there for listening. I'm Jack Holjeski. Robert Anderson. Bernadette Gorman. Have a good night. Peace. Bye, guys. All right, so you say... All right, so we got to set, 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 set the stage. Okay. Try and be unbiased while you're doing this. You fucking psychopath. Where do you even begin? Well, first... This 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 discussion originated first on frozen pizza, and that's not what we're going to spend a lot of time talking about here. Because, Your favorite DiGiorno? Well, my point is that I don't even know what the point is anymore, honestly, where we're, where we are right now. But mm-hmm. my point was basically that DiGiorno is not less of a pizza than freshly made pizza. It's not as good, but it doesn't make it not pizza. Robbie seems to think... It's not pizza. The example I cited was I wouldn't call Taco Bell Mexican food. That was it's my example. Taco Bell. No, you said like you wouldn't call it a taco. I'm like, not really. You wouldn't call a, ta- a taco from Taco Bell a taco. It's nah, a fucking taco. It's I not guess. a good taco, but it's a taco. Fine. DiGiorno might not be the best pizza, but it's fucking pizza. It's frozen pizza, hmm. but I, it's still pizza. I would say Taco Bell is Mexican food, but not authentic Mexican food. Okay. I think what makes a pizza a pizza is the dough and the sauce and the stuff. Which DiGiorno so, has. Which DiGiorno has. So first, there's the first point of contention that Robbie's wrong about. Then he says that Elio's, and listen, I'll, get, I'll fuck with some Elio's. I'm not opposed to that. We can all fuck I with grew some up on Elio's. Yeah. He thinks that Elio's is just as good as DiGiorno. Since I am from the Midwest, I, think I don't know what Elio's Okay. okay. I'm saying what, that there it's a square it's pizza that's like it's square it doesn't have a Okay, so here's where there were <laughs> here's where we're going the... with this. crust quote unquote. Right. Yes. Cuz Elio's is just, it's just uh, a, maybe I can okay. find you a picture. It's just like a square with with cheese so, on top. Like a flat. Kind it's like a yeah. flatbread almost, mm-hmm. but just cheese. It's but like, like a Sicilian is, pizza but like flat. It's like 2 yeah. bucks. A different style. It's like it's also like 2 or 3 bucks for like a box of like 8. Yeah. I'm saying that okay. all frozen pizza okay. is like the same amount of shitty. You can go lower, but there's not like a top echelon of frozen pizza. 
Really? They all kind of are just bad. They're all and just kind of frozen with pizza. You because I think DiGiorno is objectively better than Elio's. But I still fuck with Elio's. I think right. Red Baron is pretty good. When it comes Red to Baron's all right. Frozen yeah, yeah, pizzas. Yeah. yeah. Sure. So then the okay. discussion turned to Elio's doesn't have a crust. Uh-huh. Because it doesn't. And uh-huh. then Robbie says... The base of the pizza, like what the the cheese sits and on. it sits on, is crust. It's just that the end we call crust, like as slang, because like I don't want my crust, but you've been eating your pizza on crust the whole time. Because I said that Elio's does not have a crust. Okay, I think that the thing, the dough that is underneath the pizza, the plate of the pizza, is crust. Yes! But I do not it's think not... it is the crust. There you go. That is not the argument you were making in the car. That is exactly the argument. That is not the argument you were making in the car. You were saying, that's not what crust is. I'm like, that is the also the crust. It's confusing because bread very Claudia! clearly has crust. She's you not the Claudia! Crust. She's not right about anything. <laughs> Well, she apparently backs you up because that's why you want her in the room. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so, okay. The crust. Sure, I'll go to Dogwood and I'll find a, a, someone who's just anybody. Who's and also insane. Them. I'm not insane. The or, crust. Is Berta insane? The crust is the loop around the pizza. That is a thing. Like in That bread. is the slang yes. term. Like yes. when you cut off the crust of your sandwich, you're cutting out the exterior, like the right. exterior you don't, you, of but the you sandwich. Don't, you wouldn't say like the rest of the sandwich is also the, the crust. crust. I think it's a sandwich is... Pizza is different because it's the thing that's on the outside. Yeah. Which, with bread, the crust is on the outside. Bread is different. Because it's different because yeah. the inside doesn't see it. Yeah. But the What do you think the outside of, the of bread is made out of? Cooks. It's made out of bread, but it, the bread, way but that it's, it's cooked is different. Makes it the crust. So is the way that the crust on a pizza no, is made. No, it's all cooked it the same. underneath. No, because the, the crust on the underneath of the pizza and on the bottom where the sauce and cheese is cooks differently than the crust that kind of folds up around it and gets more crispy and baked. I would consider the inside of the pizza, like underneath the toppings, Uh huh. that part is more of like the bread situation. But, but it's made out of the same... It's still the crust. It's made out of the same material. Because it's crustier. I'm over this conversation. Okay. All right. So I want the movie. <laughs> Robbie's over it. I've been over I've been it. Been See, over this is, it. That's how Robbie ends debates is he just says, I'm over it because I'm losing. <laughs> who, who ends the debates by saying, oh, you're right. Who's ever, <laughs> what debate has ever been like, yeah, I can Organized see. A true, yeah. a true master debater will admit when they're wrong. Will concede the victory. Is that well, I'm not ready to concede the victory, but I'm ready for this conversation to be over. <laughs> it sounds like you lost the debate. You ready to start the fucking... I'm going to filibuster the shit on the fucking crust until you admit. I'm not admitting anything. All right. We'll come back to it. I don't think the conversation's done yet. No, I don't think so either. I think the jury's out. I think I more side with you, Robbie, because I agree with the exterior aspect of the crust. But I do think just words alone, people call the outside rim. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Yeah. It's no the same one, with no like one, a pie. It's like a pie crust, but exactly. like it loops the whole thing is right. the crust. No yeah. one rips right. the cheese and sauce off their pizza and leaves the whole, that whole zone and says, I don't need the crust on my pizza. Yes, I'm saying that there's a difference between the, the, the slang bun. and like the literal. I'm sorry. So I'm what is your whole what is your whole point then? I said there's no crust on an Elio's. There's and you no said there's a end whole crust. Uh, there's no like end bit that you pull off and hand to people. Oh, well, but it's Robbie. on crust. Oh gosh. All right. <laughs> well, you kind of just proved what he said. Ta-da! But, no. but 
you are also making a valid point without that last Yeah, sentence. it's all made out of fucking bread, I agree, but the crust is a different thing and Elios does right, not do have Do you want to do the podcast or do yes. you want me to kill myself? Which one do you want? Well, I don't want, we'll I don't want that do, one. We'll do suicide pact. Fine, sounds good. You want to do it with alcohol? Oh, gosh. 